0: So, we're here in a big hayfield up near Bothell. Uh, It's got a long rock wall, big oak tree at the north end. Uh, It's like something out of a Robert Frost poem.
1: It's where I asked my wife to marry me. We went there for a picnic,
0: made love under the oak.
1: I asked, and she said yes.
2: Yeah, I promised him, if I ever got out, I'd find that spot in the base of that wall. Look! This rock has no earthly business in a greater Seattle area hayfield. A piece of... is that... black volcanic glass? Hey, uh, there,
0: there's something buried under it. What? Uh, yeah, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, God! Oh, oh, wait. Oh, but we gotta get it open first. Oh, here, um, alright. <laughs> yeah, It's locked. Uh seems to be some kind of chest. Uh, hand me the pickaxe. Here you go. Take it. Okay. Yeah. Ding!
1: <laughs>
2: Ooh, all right. All right.
0: Oh. Stand back. I'm going to open it. Okay.
2: Here we go. Oh, God. It smells like shit. <laughs> Human shit. <laughs>
0: oh, what? oh. Let's see what's inside. Uh... Huh, it's uh it's a puzzle box.
1: Oh no, it's a means to summon
0: us. <laughs> oh uh here. Let's see if we can get it open. All right, all right, Chink. Oh, there's a message. It says She's running. Mayor Jenny Durkin will seek re-election in 2021. buddy it's true. You might have missed it. uh We didn't. We were watching Hawkeye. Yeah, uh, should we do.
1: We we're. Re- I was refreshing the Twitter feed.
0: Yeah, every day for the last. No, every uh, every five minutes. Every, yeah. Um. But yeah, it's true. Uh. Evidently, she doesn't want anyone to know about it because it's <laughs> such a bizarre and embarrassing fucking thing. But. Yeah, Mary, Mary Jenny Durkin in a Friday night news dump. Literally uh, in
1: the middle of the presidential debate. Yeah. Yep.
0: Actually announced that she is, contrary to all our predictions or any sane fucking <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: anything, like, yeah. yeah, she's actually running. She's
0: running. Well, she's
2: bringing together that constituency of uh, landlords, repo men, and other <laughs> beloved local <laughs> figures. I guess. Yeah, she's got the um,
0: the vote of the dozens of Amazon executives That's behind right. her. Yeah, mm-hmm. the
1: vote and money.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, she has some
1: new police friends.
0: Yeah, as as we'll learn and hear about. Yeah, well, do do they really think of her as their friend, as her friends? I don't... We'll see. I don't think so. I mean, that's the funny thing. That's what we've been saying all this time, is, like, she has absolutely no constituency because everybody fucking hates her. The right-wing, rabid, fascist, psychotics Mm -hmm. hate her. The cops fucking hate her, even though she fucking runs interference for the cops and has made her entire fucking career out of that, um, that she's absolutely fucking pro-cop, pro-fucking gentrification by the boot of the state she's um and you know uh but everybody who and because of that rightly anyone who you know is for actually uh reigning in the fucking spd or fucking helping the the least of our society or dying on the streets fucking despises her because again she's a neoliberal
2: like cop humping fascist but uh, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, rules. I no I can't wait for her to lose in some comical fashion in 2021. I mean, like I can't <laughs> I can't think of a worse idea than her running again. It's truly mind-boggling. I I, I mean I I I'm
0: I'm spooked though. I'm like, am are we wrong? Is this not like? Are we not as smart as we think we are? But then I then. I go back to this so like again you added up like both sides of every issue in this city despise jenny durkin um one side rightly one side because by definition they're insane and, and but then i gotta remember it's like what have we been seeing in the what is yeah. the democratic party machine such as it is a machine at all really all about and what what are we what have been highlighted in the last week, like, glaringly, that we already knew. It is the conversation... These decisions, these conversations, the entire movement of the machine is driven by grifting consultants. So what possible reason would there be for anyone to be in the room with Jenny Durkin going, gosh, you know what? This is just going to be an embarrassment. You really shouldn't (laughs) do this. No. (laughs) The only people uh, are going to... who would have any contact with her to in these rooms to talk to have this conversation are people who are stand to extend their jobs or you know and rake in fucking campaign consultant cash because you know she's gonna fucking uh staff up with some high-priced people you know and good for her i mean this is the same thing that you know the reason bloomberg's in the race um this is magic mike yeah magic mike uh i can't wait for him to take his shirt off uh, at the <laughs> dnc when he accepts the nomination um you know this is what like yeah like they're this is how these people think this is how somehow an entire fucking party apparatus missed that bernie sanders was going to be a real fucking threat in this election until recently which is manifestly insane, right? because he only barely had it stolen from him last time. <laughs> right So like they'd had to steal it and squeak out a, a a cheat win for Hillary Clinton. but they all, everyone on the Democratic side uh, actually believed and why? why is that? How do you miss this shit? And it's because the only people having the conversation, the only people advising these other candidates who are thinking about running these peop- the people in the party are this these this grifter consultant class, who, in whose interest it is not to say, yeah, Bernie Sanders is a powerhouse here. It's to just go like, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Bernie Sanders. No, forget. Like, I mean, if you were looking ahead at this election, and you were. I mean, it's not just that. That's not the only like. There is an ideological like blind spot here that it was convenient. Also, it f- the the um the imperative this of the consultant class like dovetailed and flattered the ideological imperatives of the actual Pauls. You know, but like that's how you get a situation like this where everyone just is has their head completely up their ass you know because in any kind of in a situation without that in anyone where a people weren't irrationally like terrified by the ideology of like giving people everyone health health care where everyone wasn't completely like hadn't been like trained and didn't exist in power the way they do because they are they serve wall street and weren't completely isolated by this insane like grifting self-serving consultant class You would have looked to a Democratic Party might have looked ahead to twenty twenty and gone, holy shit, Bernie Sanders really proved something last time. Going and this is historically how a lot of these go down, you know, like he's wow, he is really the front runner coming into this, and a lot of support might have coalesced around a candidate like that if we weren't talking about you know someone who was trying to actually tax the rich, and. But that's how powerful the stupidity and the, the sort of self-interest of these people is, you know. And that's, look, Jenny Durkin. I mean, I have to believe that that's the case here, that there isn't actually some way she could actually pull this out. I mean...
2: Well, the big thing is that, yeah, she has no constituency, right? But the thing is, because she's super rich... That's like that scene in Brewster's Millions where she's just like beset in her office by all these people, right? So every one of them is like, uh, give me money to run Facebook ads for you for like the next like three years, right? Or whatever. And, uh, And you know, because she's an idiot. She's like, oh, okay. And like handing checks over. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, from all the
0: again, I just think you got to figure it's going to be an embarrassment for Jenny Durkin, right? So for her personally getting out would seem best right but for every single other person around her keeping this oh, going sure. as long as possible is great and it's not totally those people know they can't actually get like institutional support they can get fundraising right because everyone who's going to run against her because she's the incumbent and she's the like power serving neoliberal status quo incumbent she can get she can bring in the funding even if it looks bad it's still the best possible case to prevent like a much better person getting in that office you know so because they're they're not going to the incumbent is still a more powerful position for a status quo neoliberal uh candidate like than just trying to find so, trying to find someone new you know yeah
1: she's the devil they know yeah
0: also. so so it's not yeah. like the it's not if your thing is throwing money at fucking you know neoliberal establishment hacks like she's probably she's the the only game in town really so hey why not
2: yeah
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see who runs obviously there's a lot of talk about Mosquito running yeah <laughs> yeah i saw but, some people calling for nikita to run again but
2: yeah i don't know that she's running again yeah I, um, I don't either
1: i'm just saying I, yeah i was saying i think
2: somebody said that sally bagshaw might oh be, there's, yeah there's that been, was like day a, like, day was saying yeah. that right yeah that seems a little
0: insane up. um the the um The fact that some I mean for someone else to get into like there's a lane to be the not Durkin, right? To to yeah. run against Durkin from the left in this town. Like that's that's a very clear lane considering the last how the last council elections went. Like mm-hmm. there's obviously a desire for that. And the fact that so many like that musketa is in a pretty good position of having people whatever is people or whatever she's talked about with anyone behind the scenes like people are like coming out to publicly draft her kind of like that puts you in a pretty good position and probably probably like makes it look kind of like uh a slog for anyone else to jump in which sucks i mean i i would much prefer to see like a a wide like field sure. of really good people, but, you know.
2: Well, I think if, like, Bagshaw ran, she'd run as Durkin's replacement, right? Basically, like, uh, hey, all you guys with money, you know, all the people are donating money oh, to yeah. Durkin or whatever. Oh, I could totally uh, see her running. Give it give it to me instead, because she's, like, a spent force, as you, you know, she's done. Like, yeah, yeah, it and
0: look, there's a yeah. long way. She, If she got into that now, and could convince those people of what we're saying, that, that Durkin has no constituency at all, and then run to the right Run to the right of Durkin, <laughs> um, then yeah, yeah. I mean that, but like, um, but that's a hard thing to go up against yeah, and, and the uh, incumbent. Like you said, in nope, that same lane, nobody it's hard that, to do
1: that ran right in the city council races came out ahead.
0: Right, you can't really run yeah. really to the right and win. But the idea, but like trying to like just yeah, like Brian said, be the replacement of Durkin. It's like yeah. well, that's hard when she's also running. You right. know, yeah, yeah. If anything, who knows? Maybe. um Maybe Durkin hasn't made up her mind yet. Maybe that's why this is this fucking yeah. dump. This is testing the waters or preventing someone like a replacement candidate like Sally to, Bagshaw from going really from starting now yeah. when you would have to mm-hmm. and then she can look down the road and go see that no one has assembled a real challenge and then make her real decision having not really talked about it up till then. Yeah. You know? Can go like, "Oh, good. oh yeah, no one got in. It worked." Now I can, like, more evaluate a clearer picture of what kind of challenge, because she doesn't want to run against. I mean, what's funny is she will run to the right of where she's been, because <laughs> yeah, sure she yeah. has to pick a side here. Well, I think in, that's what she's been doing. Also. Well, she's, that's a fucking funny thing. That's why it's not going to work, because she is still a cosmopolitan liberal like that's still part of her brand that's it's she's stuck in the seattle progressive seattle trap here that is bullshit she's the personification of how fucking utterly illegible our like political uh like mindscape is here and but she's gonna be in this trap where she has to essentially the challenge is gonna be from the left presumably you know how far left probably not that far but like Mm -hmm. it's still gonna be to the left of of her on all these issues, and so she's gonna have to do something. And she, I see her trying to run to the right, but it's not gonna convince the. I mean, it's not gonna convince the people the the right wing of this town that fucking sure. hates her because those people are fucking crazy. Yeah, and yeah. we'll get into that later. Well, I mean. yeah, like, <laughs> the problem is, is
2: that like. Her biggest issue is that the police, right, like, if you're a police officer, the furthest left you are is MAGA-Chud, right? Yeah, yeah. And then everything else is way to the fucking right of that, right? And so the problem is, is, like, because, you know, Durkin happens to be mayor at the time when the consent decrees in place, right, because she is a woman, because she is associated with the Democratic Party, right? It's like they, she they signals
0: just... she signals cosmopolitan liberals. Yeah yeah.
2: So because of all those things, like they will never except and they haven't. They fucking hate her guts. But and the problem it... with her is that for all the other crazy right wing people the police is like the big organizing force for all of them, and they're the ones all talking to all these well, people. They're,
0: they're here. They're the real heroes. They're the troops. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah.
2: And they apparently are, you know, have their own little lines of communication with them, and you know, they just will not allow. Like they're the ground forces, and they're not going to allow Durkin to well, be it's like, the right wing candidate. It's like, like I said. You know,
0: the, the politics of the city and Mayor yeah. Jenny Durkin are illegible, and they're yeah, illegible yeah. to the right too. Oh yeah, they're yeah. too stupid. And our politics are too confused here to actually see because they're not gonna yeah. act, they don't actually like look, you know, I mean, these are shud idiots. Right. Yeah. So they can't actually see that she's actually been extremely pro cop law and order. Her, that's the basis yeah. of her entire career, that she has literally tried to prevent the consent decree covered oh, yeah. for their ass. This. Before she was mayor, as mayor, she's a fucking prosecutor. She is a cop.
2: Yeah, they're they're incapable of understanding that her subtlety is actually their strength. Exactly. right? Exactly, like, that she's the one who can swoop in and but pretend all they know, from a uh, uh, you know an objective observer's angle to like come in and, and right. rule in their favor. But, but and they're too stupid to figure that out because
0: yeah. all their grievance, right? I mean, we're talking about I mean, we're talking about the right wing in this city, but we're talking about cops, right? Mm-hmm. And they're. All, their politics is based on an insane fantasia of grievance, right? Like oh, yeah, an, yeah. an absolutely mind-boggling, psychotic <laughs> fantasy of insane, like um, victimhood, and so they don't—they're not actually taking any cues from any kind of objective reality or policy on the ground here. They're taking their cues from these cultural signifiers, all oh, yeah. these cultural signifiers that tell them they're an oppressed warrior oh, yeah, class. Yeah, yeah. Yeah and and the cultural signifiers of a uh, gay lady Democrat yep. Yep. mayor in progressive Seattle. yep, because they buy that this is progressive Seattle in some ways. Well, in
2: some in the ways that is convenient for them, you know? Well, it's the irony of how the police like viewed the Clintons and Hillary Clinton specifically. When it's like, yeah, fuck, thing. like, 60% of the cops in America owe their job to Bill Clinton. Like, yeah. we like expanded, literally, he, he yeah. expanded the police force right They yeah.
0: gave them the fucking guns and the fucking tanks. Yeah.
2: They fucking, yeah. And it, did it buy him any love from and these they, cops? They, Hell no. They, they,
0: <laughs> they you know, <laughs> gave him the funding and the mandate to put fucking entire communities of poor, yeah. non-white people in jail. When it, it's the
2: it's the thing of if you if you try and view our politics as like uh you know politicians doing you know the eleventh dimensional chess or whatever it's the criticism of Obama right which is that like if you view what he's doing as oh he's gonna make compromises with the right as a way of bringing them on board and then when the right never comes on board and they actually hate him more with each one you're like. I, you know, I just don't understand it. Like, you know, his, like, thing isn't working. Like, the whole thing makes no sense, right? Yeah. Until you understand that, like, oh, no, he just is a right-winger and they're right-wingers and there's some weird inter-right-wing feud that they Yeah, Yep. no, that other, is right. it. That is it. Over, like, who's in charge, look, you this, know? Yeah,
0: again, uh, <laughs> you know, this bring comes back to another thing that comes up here a lot, is that this bizarre illegibility of our politics yeah. in the city maps very well onto the National Democratic Party, yeah. you know, like... This is—it's exactly that. Like, these are right-wing, law and order, capital, fucking, uh, yeah. serving people who, like, hand wave and signal as some kind of vague progressivism flavor of the month, and actually are happy to let any community they they pretend to like be uplifting at this moment like die on the streets, you yeah, know, yeah, or in prison, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's uh to the extent that like we are i mean they keep going on about how we're like losing cops in the city we just can't keep the cops Mm. and it's like um what could pop i mean to brian is that
2: what are the numbers
0: is this (laughs) true at all
2: uh some of it's true but the reason is not because of uh what they say so The reason is because there's actually, like, a bidding war for police, like, that's happening in the area. So, like, Bellevue, as of 2017, if you were a cop and you were, say, SPD, right, and you went over and joined Bellevue PD, you would get, right at the second that you signed, a $16,000 signing bonus for switching departments. Awesome. Right? And so, of course, in situations like this, it's created a flow, right? Of police are just going from department to department because there's these signing bonuses that you can get and things like that. And so, yeah, it's like moving people around and things like that. Um, You know. So it's not that they don't have enough money to pay them well, it's that they have too much. Yeah. Yeah. And because of that, they'll never run a bidding war, and the police are just, you know, they're engaging the bidding war as you might imagine they would, right? And. Because they're essentially... um,
0: Well, because they'll say it's because their honor is being infringed (laughs) upon and their ability to carry out their solemn duty in the city that they love is being infringed when it's really they're just fucking mercenaries. Yeah,
2: so I better go get a $16,000 you know paycheck over you know one day paycheck over in bellevue right because yeah. the police are leaving here it's not like they're leaving here and going to texas or something right yeah. or going to you know some you know state they're getting a job closer order. to
0: where they live on the east yeah, side yeah.
2: yeah they're literally just moving to the exurbs or whatever which yeah it's closer to where they live you know uh to some degree, they probably are like priced out of Seattle. Yeah, they, like everybody only, else. Yeah, yeah, only because living here is so fucking expensive that even as one of the most highly <laughs> yeah. paid people in America, you still can't fucking yeah. Live that there. you can make one hundred thirty thousand a year or whatever and still not afford to live here, right? And you know the police are in that boat too. The other part of it is you know I'm sure in some part of their brain they have the like. uh uh you know seattle's you know mean to us or whatever but uh, that doesn't appear to be what's you know like actually motivating the movement because we're seeing this movement and, no but like, they'll blame they'll say that though sure of course again well, that's the cultural what, uh, what are you gonna say are you gonna stand in front of the newspapers and be like <laughs> we're going to whoever gives us the most money then all of a sudden you're not you know you're not the troops anymore right yeah you're mercenaries no, exactly they're, like they're you said right? yeah. you know
0: like traveling from city state to city yeah, state exactly like, um, but offering to fight each other. This oh, God, if only. The same movement is happening we in like... convince them to like get in, just to just, just like, all yeah. like have a big battle to get like yeah. against each other? Bellevue and Tacoma versus Seattle, you know?
2: I mean, if it was like the old firehouse wars where the firefighters like that'd beat be, each that'd other be up, that would, dope, that would be great. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the same sort of flow is happening in like all major cities in the country. And the other big thing that's actually feeding it that we haven't mentioned is is uh, a lot of young people who are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, right? Young men specifically, right, who the police pulled from, uh, don't want to become cops anymore. Like, the job yeah. does have a stigma, and they are having a harder time bringing in new recruits. What, but what as there, far as... There's know,
0: another side to that, too, which yeah. is that as cops get more and more of mm-hmm. a deserved stigma, fewer and fewer kids just go like, oh, ah, yeah, cop, What? why not? Um... Mm-hmm the pool from which to select co- new uh-huh. young cops from becomes shittier and yeah. shittier and shittier. Well, like, like dumber and more sure. just evil. Like, well, you're, like, At a certain point, you get to a point where you can only hire yeah. 19-year-olds who have killed dogs.
2: Well, one thing, too, that has been pointed out that's become a real problem is, and actually they talk about this in police magazines as well, um, is that kind of like what's happened with the military is that as the military like has become somewhat stigmatized people don't necessarily want to join or whatever what ends up happening is all your new recruits are people who come from military families and so more and more you know police families are disproportionately making up new recruits right so instead of hiring people from a general population who might bring in like interesting new views to the world of policing instead it's getting more inbred you get as someone it sits. who's been just yeah. a
0: generation of cops who've been raised to be cops who yeah. have already started out with the like fucking cop mindset yeah. like and who they... who were like had like a you know wore a bulletproof blue lives matter backpack to oh, school yeah know. and
2: police do tend to socially isolate themselves so they tend to <laughs> clump together in where they live they definitely clump together in where they copland guessing like copland that. Copland is the Great best like uh, film example of that, but but that's real. Like they do oh, yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. I, like I said, in the police magazines themselves, because well,
0: who else wants to fucking hang out with them?
2: Yeah, and they they talk about this in the in their trade journals, and it's one of those funny things. Because so the military actually has the exact same conversations, and well, it's,
0: it's more it's it's less organic with the military though, because yeah. like they're all used to congregating around. On and around bases, yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, and then that then
2: itself well, they're generates concerned with, like yeah, they concern is more about just the recruiting pool or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the police are starting to get a little concerned about the recruiting pool too. Yeah, that's why they've had some of the big like weird pushes of like how can we turn having police into, in schools into like recruiting efforts in the schools <laughs> and stuff like that to raise our child armies. <laughs> but like that, but you know, on some level, they are like serious about this because their crisis the policing crisis as far as staffing you know police departments is it's getting harder to recruit young people there is so much money in the police department and it keeps going up that there's always new positions open so you got to fill them at higher rates and at the same time in cities All the exurbs in the city are all fighting each other for the same pool of recruits and creating this sort of whirlpool effect where they're just all going from place to place, collecting signing bonuses and things like that. And so it's it's created the situation where they probably don't like perfectly staff the police department but it doesn't have anything to do with uh you know the police are just treated too bad it's actually because one we probably need to cut a ton of those positions yeah and we probably need to like fundamentally change what the police are and all this kind of stuff so you know if they want to recruit people you can't have them constantly on video killing people right you know uh that appeals to a certain segment of the population but that segment's pretty small you know yeah and uh,
0: every one of them is is a cop now
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like every one of them is a cop. And the problem is you got to have some prison guards, too. And you got to have some soldiers, too. Right. And operators, too. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, it's getting hard to staff all those positions with the dwindling group of people. But Yeah. Bloodthirsty shitheads. Yeah. But maybe Uh, we should introduce what podcast we are, though.
1: Yeah, we we could do that. This is Seattle (laughs) Sucks, a podcast about hating the city. That we love.
0: Oh, we were on one there. Yeah, I think think we've moved past Mayor Jenny. um, And, you know, we've been naturally segueing into sort of a theoretical digression on policing. Um, Maybe we should get specific (laughs) uh,
2: about what's uh, been happening with SPD. Yeah, hey guys. uh, Elections in Iowa and New Hampshire aren't the only thing going on right now, the only elections going on right now. Uh, Our beloved local labor organization, SPOG. Oh, a a part of the labor movement, a labor union. Yeah, part of the NLK Labor Council, an organization that seems very legitimate so long as SPOG is in it, uh, just elected their new president, who is a guy named Mark Salon, who fucking... Uh, rules. Cool guy. Well, should we Hashtag just? Uh, a seven, A 70%, elected by 70% margin. That's a mandate. Should we just mandate go from the heaven. tape on Mark Salon? We should probably yeah, play we, that.
1: We, we definitely should. And before we do that, if you're not familiar, SPOG is the Seattle Police Officers Guild. That's yeah.
0: what that stands for.
1: So uh, in his own words, check this out.
2: On February 7th, 2019... Two Seattle police officers were involved in a deadly shooting that resulted in the death of the suspect. In an unprecedented move, SPOG Vice President Mike Solon improvises a press conference at the scene, supporting the officer's actions and quickly capturing the narrative. This marks a new chapter in SPOG media relations as Solon's message is fully embraced by the SPOG membership, forwarding the anti-police activist agenda that is driving Seattle's politics. I'm Mike Solon and I am running for the SPOG presidency to chart a much needed new course of leadership in our police union. I believe the purpose of a police union is to fight. Fight for your rights, fight for your respect, and fight for your contract. Police officers now are being held to an unreasonable standard, and the scrutiny is immense. My course of action will lead us to fundamentally change the activist narrative that negatively impacts our profession, not only locally, but nationally. I will do this by driving our own narrative, our narrative will restore respect to our profession, protect our CBA, and restore confidence within our memberships we all can feel that our oath of service was indeed noble. Please help me and vote for Mike Solon as your next FOG president. It's time to get serious.
0: Ooh boy. Ooh boy. Wow, that was uh It's hard not Jones. to be inspired.
2: <laughs> I mean honest <laughs> to
0: Christ you got to like take a second to admire a a political uh a political force like ready and willing to just say what it thinks to push its narrative and what they do here what he does in this is just outright says like confronts he does there he's not like being shy about any of the issues here he's just confronting the opposite narrative the narrative that says that police are are not being held to (laughs) high enough standard and the the scrutiny is nowhere near immense maybe because there are almost no prosecutions considering (laughs) how many fucking people the cops murder that he is just flaunting um the cops ability to like use the media to cover for their fucking murders you know um if you what you couldn't see if you haven't seen it um i mean it's, it's horrifying hearing it but like all the b-roll footage is just cops like
2: uh l- trashing like throwing down with protesters like, yeah it's just cops beating the shit out of protesters like i mean it's an astonishing like campaign ad which we'll put the link and people should go check so, so it like, out but like literally a cop that's just like pepper spray just shot him just pepper spraying and these are like people like you know the usual B-roll you'd get. People like look very agitated. It's literally people just like standing on the sidewalk, and cops just walking up and like pepper spraying them. One is a line of cops, and you can't even see what they're like moving towards, but they're just doing the thing where they pick their bikes up and shove it like at the crowd or whatever. And so, I guess you as the viewer are getting shoved by the bike. Yeah, you know? it's <laughs> actually they're like yeah. backing
0: you up. The the camera that is that you are seeing. Yeah. Um, it. I mean, they're they're saying like we. This is them saying out and loud we need to fight back against the activist narrative is the true part and then the lie that's driving our city's politics which is obviously fucking absurd um but uh look this is i mean we can take a lesson from this of like like this isn't triangulation like this isn't this is just i mean this in this case is out fascism
2: yeah yeah this well, is
0: like, he's saying, yes, we are the boot of the state. Our job is to crack fucking skulls of anyone who gets out of line with the order of the day, whatever that is. Protest, we're going to crack your fucking skull. Uh, and if you're, yeah, poor and brown in in a neighborhood at the wrong time, just doing something we don't like, we're going to murder you. And then we are, we, the uh, police officers... Guild are going to stand up for you when mm-hmm. that happens in the media, and we're going to spin it our way.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, is, so Mike Salon is this like sort of just ladder climber fucking guy, right? He joined Seattle PD in, I believe, 1999, probably inspired by the WTO protests, right? Uh, and he immediately starts doing all the things you got to do to like work through the ranks of SPD, right? So he joins SWAT, right? He, you know. Starts doing all this like bullshit and immediately gets in the union where he starts trying to get, you know, various union positions. He gets elected vice president in 2018. He, uh, in 2017 basically becomes like essentially appoints himself as like the face of the anti like I 90 force, I 940 forces. Uh, he's the one who gives all the like, you know, uh, Little clipped, you know, uh, you know, uh, di- or speeches or whatever, you know, press statements, uh, for all the coverage of I 940, uh, mm-hmm. which was literally a bill that just said, hey, um, maybe the standard for police when they murder somebody shouldn't be like, are they subjectively scared, but should be a little more rigorous. To which, you know, you heard him on the ad saying that, that this is horse shit. <laughs> at one point, it said in there that police, if they shoot somebody, should have to uh, provide first aid for them. And you hear him in the thing there. He was big on that of, like, that's the most dangerous thing we could do. Uh But, yeah, I mean, he clearly saw this lane open up post-Ferguson of, like, I'm going to be the hardline, like, right-wing guy, right? Yeah. He launched himself to the vice president spot at Spog, which was a bit of a surprise in 2018. And now, one year later, he's now in charge of the whole fucking thing. With a seventy, you know, he threw out the incumbent and got a seventy percent share of the vote uh, in which, 2000- uh, which is terrifying. I mean, that yeah, the te-
0: any question about bad apples, yeah, I mean, is out the fucking
2: window. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, in two thousand, I, you know, his, I didn't I don't need convincing, but I mean, anybody who believes seventy percent voted for that shit, yeah, even anybody, anybody who believes that anybody in SPD is doing anything in good faith. Well, i'm i mean post this like you are uh you're not even kidding yourself you're just yeah i mean just completely full of shit um but yeah in 2018 he ran on it's time to push back all right so you know that was basically like against black lives matter or- yeah what well, against the consent decree and yeah. against the meager reforms that had already happened and uh in 2019 his uh or you know this year is 2020 his thing is uh it's uh time to uh it's time to get serious yeah it's time to get serious this is 2021 and you know uh it couldn't be more clear that the idea is like you know the public is trying to control the police department and we are not going to be controlled right yeah well
0: and this goes this illustrates like The fact that, like, part of his message there is, like, pushing back against the politics that run our city. Um, If you're not at least partially talking about the mayor, I don't know who you're talking about. And the joke is, again, like, this mayor has run flack for SPD for over a decade now, um, is a cop, and currently, right now, is in court... (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) what is this thing colin what is this The
1: city and cops who have killed people yeah are have come together uh epic handshake meme to sue dow constantine at the county
2: yeah so to be very clear the city of seattle the supposed socialist pair or haven (laughs) or whatever according to spog (laughs) is suing the king county yeah or King County mm-hmm. uh, to stop them from essentially opening up uh, inquests into police shootings to make them remotely, uh, you know, remote, like remotely legitimate, right? right. Yeah. Um, and to be clear, what the city's complaining about is not that the county is potentially going to prosecute police officers to kill people. It's that the county is opening up the very concept that you could ask <laughs> cops who kill people any amount of questions. Yeah. I mean, it's truly astonishing. Um, and, yeah, uh, basically- And your
0: city, Seattle, yeah. the city
2: of Seattle, is mm-hmm. arguing that in court. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, they, they have been very mum on who brought this uh, lawsuit, but it appears to be the mayor. I mean, I don't know who else it could have been. And, uh, and it really is right now it is the police who've killed people are going to testify on behalf of the city of Seattle and people who've been murdered by the police, these families, you know, uh, been murdered by the police are going to testify on behalf of the County. And what it literally comes down to is things like in the inquest procedure, uh, they wanted to make it the cause team wanted to make it to where the police officer in charge, right, service so in charge of the department, would actually have to testify about what happened, right? Not the cop who did it, but the guy in charge. Before then, nobody from the police department had to testify about anything. Uh, the other big thing that they wanted that the police were very upset about uh, was that you could introduce the police officer's prior record into the conversation, Right. So if it's a use of force, you know, inquest or a a murder inquest, uh, you can bring up the fact that cops shot people before. Right. Uh, Currently, you can't do that. Right. And so it basically is taking... The inquest from a complete opaque, you know, process where literally nobody is allowed to bring any evidence against the police officer to one where you can bring, you know, uh, uh, the, the inquest can has a little bit of evidence. Right. You know, uh, one of the big ones was the current thing uh, with the inquest is the families of the victims, their attorneys are not allowed to request any documents from Seattle PD until the inquest begins, right? So imagine on the first day of court is when your lawyer can look at any evidence and request it, right? Not even look at it, request it. It takes months for them to finally get it to you because of course they slow roll it all out, By then the inquest is over, right? This would basically make it to where those lawyers could have access to that evidence early, right? Um, You know, before they're in the room talking about it, right? This would be... I mean, basic level stuff, right? You know, and any, uh, you know, hearing system. You don't want to say court system because it doesn't even fucking court. right? You know? Um, But yeah, I mean, astonishing. And by the way, these inquests, all they do is write a report about what happened. They can't fire the police. They can't press charges they can't do anything that's what they're fighting over it's just even that modicum of like having a record of what actually happened it's it's because but this i mean this is why
0: they've all got to go this is why yeah policing has to be abolished and you need an actual like as you've called it brian denazification yeah yeah. not because not because they're stubbornly standing up against these extremely modest basic accountability reforms Mm -hmm. it's because They actually believe that it is contrary to not just the functioning of their job, but to the functioning of society for anyone to even momentarily look sideways at them gunning someone down because they genuinely believe that that is their job. Their job is... Is to kill the population. Their job is to muscle the population, and they are right about that. They are absolutely one hundred percent correct. Their job is to oppress po-
2: yeah. populations. And the way they talk about policing, right? It uses the language of counterinsurgency and stuff. You know, as <laughs> Pete
0: Buttigieg. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. But they train on this idea. And Jenny Durkin. Yeah, they train on this idea of, like, you know, the whole keep your head on a swivel thing and all this is that, you know, in any situation, everybody in the public can kill you at any moment, right, and this whole idea. And they literally pump it into their brains from the very first day they go to the academy that the population as a whole is the enemy, they're amongst the enemy, and their job is to, uh, you know, weed out targets in this, you know, sea of villains, right? And this gets crammed in their heads every day, every day, completely contrary to all evidence and everything like that. Police is a very safe job. Nobody shoots at police officers or anything like that. Uh, but that creates this mentality in them where, yeah, they cannot, they can no longer rationally look at the world, right? And I mean, that's the thing about denazification is it wasn't, you know, on some level, of course, it is to like punish the former Nazis or whatever, but it, it was about more than that. It was about the fact that these people had jammed into their brain this idea you know they were living on a different planet than the rest of us that they were in this you know end of the world struggle over you know this concept called race or whatever and there's like very crazy rules, you know in that uh it was either you know total victory or total annihilation and all this kind of stuff it's like once somebody has that in their head you can't just be like Oh, cool. Uh, Go become a farmer now or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't work like that. Right. You know, And the same thing with the police, right? Like they have it in their head that we are all the enemy and it's their job to cleanse us. Right. And to get rid of us. And it's like, they will do that whether they still have that badge on or not. Right. Yeah. So you actually have to take some steps to, you know, one, disarm all these people. They're extremely dangerous you know they kill lots of people seattle pd kills more people than the entire british police you know all the police in britain do in any given year right Right. i mean they're extremely dangerous people and you know they have to be disarmed yeah and they have to be honestly monitored yeah well look this is a, a small aside but um
0: just as a historical note like to talk about denazification as some like historical thing that happened maybe like Mm-hmm. Uh, oversells it cuz like it was a concept that was Oh yeah they gave ordered, up on it instantly. but it didn't actually happen yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a good idea that was partially carried out didn't actually really go through with it um they at least uh act- axed the the top guys and like a lot of other people fled and they did need not survive but all the real like just cynical
2: grifters just got jobs in both the new west and east germany oh
0: sure Uh, but anyway that's a historical aside but
2: but the the point of that is though is that yeah they let most of those people go they either promoted them or just kind of let them off in the wild and what did they all do they all formed terrorist groups and immediately started killing civilians um In the case of, like, Jewish refugee camps, this part of the war that we all forget about because nobody wants to remember it. But once the war was over, no country in Europe wanted to take the Jewish population, and so they kept them in camps for well after the war was over. And, you know, General Patton had the brilliant idea of, well, all these nazi commanders were in charge of the camps once so they got the experience and they put them in charge of them Makes and sense. they had these astonishing death rates in these camps and stuff like that so they continued running them for a while yeah. right and it's it really is this like dark period of and, like yeah the fact that we didn't put those fucking people against the wall led to the deaths of thousands of people yeah. you know continuing after and the war, right in yeah
0: you know a lot of them uh just got jobs in the rest of the government I yeah mean, yeah, uh, yeah again this is a, yeah, a long aside. Year, yeah. the fact that you know the root being like that the fact that america was fighting the fascists in the second world war is just a weird historical fluke uh that no one really understood at the time but anyway back to the cops the it's fun to talk about yeah uh, denunciation here but like the reality is i mean this isn't just like a subculture of diseased like thugs these are they exist because they're not wrong again they are not wrong that their function is to oppress and murder people they're not wrong that when they just wantonly kill someone uh, because they have a opportunity because they feel a little scared and excited that that isn't actually a problem that that's actually part of their function because along with targeting um specific people <laughs> like it just terrorizing certain communities and to an extent just the wider population even a little bit sometimes is part of their function but that's not just because that's not they did not create that function for themselves yeah. they are serving a function uh for capitalism for yeah the ruling class they are what keeps communities in line they are what keep Again, whoa! What do, you, what do you know? It's the cops who fight back when you try to protest some mm. large, like injustice. It's the cops who terrorize um, the the poor and people who, if left alone, might fucking develop class consciousness and rise up and kill rich people, like or or yeah. take political power. As you know, we mentioned this last, as Black America was doing. In the 60s and 70s, and then the drug war started. Um, So, there is a... That leads me to believe that there is a long fucking tunnel to go through. Yeah. Before you... You you don't... You know, we can uh, absolutely, I think, talk about... I think the sort of political ideology of police abolition should be on the table it should be on the lips of every leftist it should be demanded of anybody running for fucking mayor in this town to to declare war on the fucking spd but that's not actually gonna you're not actually that that because that's politics how you do politics you hit the this shit hard forever but in the end you probably you might be able to do some harm reduction maybe you can slowly over a long time draw down what a fucking nightmare the cops are but only if at the same time you are drawing down the power of the upper class and yeah. the who need To have the cops to keep the rest of us in line and probably only after you really really fucking kneecap them are you going to be able to change policing in this country yeah the police
2: you know they serve the sort of uh demands and needs of the capitalist class that goes all the way back to the origins of american policing which is in slave catching where they literally existed to you know control labor force right every major advancement in American policing has been the product of working class uprisings, uh, whether it was the, you know, creation of the Texas Rangers to catch runaway slaves and, uh, stop Indian uprisings in Texas or the creation of the FBI to, you know, round up, uh, leftist radicals and anarchists. Right. Um, you know, all these sort of evolutionary steps have been the product of these labor uprisings and, you know, working class uprisings. And the thing is, is that when you talk about police abolition, you, you, know, you, you, you know, what I tell people, like, you know, we need something like kind of denazification. They look at me like I'm crazy. Part of what we need to do is we start, need to start introducing the concept yeah, exactly. in people's yes. brains. Yeah, that these people are – it's not officer-friendly, right? They do not serve a neutral position in the world. No. They never have. And the idea is that you don't need them, you know? And it's one of those things that's such a radical idea in America that you really just have to say it to, like, get people yeah, even used exactly. to the sound of it in the air, right? Um, And it's one of those things that we're kind of hitting this moment because – uh you know the contradictions in america are getting sharper and that's producing you know bernie sanders on one hand right who is you know currently uh you know tearing the dnc to pieces which needs to happen right and getting rid of these fucking consulting fucking freaks and everybody that's in there uh but at the same time on the right wing it's sharpening things there too yeah and the police are realizing you know the previous two Spog presidents had this whole idea of like, hey, we're here to like, uh, I mean, we're just as big a ghoul as everybody else in the police department, but we're here to kind of like vocally smooth over some of the problems yeah. with like city council and stuff. And now they're like, no, fuck that. We don't actually have to do any of that. And the same week that Mark, you know, Sullen gets elected in Seattle, right, overwhelmingly, we get this amazing tweet from the Oh, my God. It's an amazing uh, tweet from the Sheriff's Benevolent Association of New York, right, which, you know, covers NYPD retirees and stuff like that. But they're responding to Mayor de Blasio and they say, Mayor de Blasio, the members of the NYPD are declaring war on you. We do not respect you. Do not visit us in hospitals. You sold the NYPD to the vile creatures. The one percent who hate cops who vote for you weird how one percent of people got him elected right but nypd cops have been assassinated because of you this isn't over game on right but this is their official account basically saying yeah we declare war on you right uh, uh and calls
0: people who hate cops vile creatures yeah but the joke is like asserts that that's just one percent of the population and <laughs> yeah. the re- reality is it's <laughs> a lot fucking bigger it's yeah. not big enough yeah, it's not big enough, but it is a lot more people than that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like as the as the contradictions, I really think post 2008 and really probably post the invasion of Iraq and what a debacle that whole thing was. I think the contradictions got so sharp for people that people are actually starting to see these things that have always been there, but they're actually starting to see it now. And one of it has been that people finally starting to realize like you know these cops They might be bad, actually. Like, I think they might do bad things. And the problem is is that every time a high profile event has happened where the police have done something awful, it's always gotten, you know, knocked under the rug, covered up, or whatever, and all that kind of stuff. And there never was even fake justice at the end of it, right? And people see that enough. And it's sort of having this cascading effect where it's like, yeah there is this sort of opening now where people can question the function well, of the and police. And the police response to that is, let's go whole hog and start threatening everybody because yeah. we have all the guns, you know? Well,
0: I mean, these contradictions have prompted, like, major activism. The Black Lives <laughs> Matter movement, I yeah. mean, this is what it's about. And it's had an effect. Like, the that movement has really changed a conversation with a lot of people um a lot of people have heard that message now and that's huge you know
2: yeah it's uh but it- also
0: like a lot of uh people uh like associated with the early bit of it have like mysteriously died in their cars
2: yeah, yeah, it's crazy how they all die shot in the, you know, in a car the thing uh, the catches thing on is fire, lit on fire. Right? Yeah, which is a very common way to die in America. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the thing, you know, as that stuff got sharpened by things, you know, in Ferguson and whatever, in Black Lives Matter, right, Um, what it did was it forced people to start to have to choose sides. Yeah. And, you know, basically people went to their perspective corners, but it's you know, in a positive way has caused people on the left to actually radicalize about policing so you don't get the same mealy mouth shit you used to get. I remember going to uh, Occupy, you know, Seattle down here and what was that, like, 2009, 2010, and having people be like, police are workers too. And there were so many of them, like, you couldn't just tell them to shut the fuck up because there were so many of them. But now, I mean, nobody would ever fucking say that shit, you know? No, I mean, Black Lives Matter made that a reality yeah that yeah
0: no, no one on the left i mean again that was I feel, you know occupy was like a turning point on the left right sure, yeah. it was like the end of like a very confused stupid left and like the beginning yeah. of something new and like that was the last yeah that's the last time because something new came and that was black lives matter and now yeah. no one's that fucking dumb anymore
2: yeah occupy basically was like maybe the democrats are also bad and maybe yeah. there's something called class that's actually affecting things yeah but it was very but at that time you ill could still, formed yeah but you could and, still go like yeah c-
0: come on cops join us you know yeah
2: by the time of black lives matter like i think it like one because there was different populations engaging in it but yeah very the, different. but the other part of it too was that you know even for people who were passive observers of it or whatever it was just a little more clear the idea of like, oh, no, like, uh, our society is divided between, you know, like, winners and losers in society, and there are, like, functionaries in the state who are preserving that, and I can see this right here, right? Uh, It got a little harder to, again, maintain the officer-friendly illusion when they're, you know, driving tanks through American cities in, like, full battle gear, and it looks like everything you saw in Iraq and hated 10 years ago, it's just now happening in Michigan, right? Yeah. And, um... Yeah, it's it's this sort of astonishing thing, and on the other side of that is for the police, it's become, you know, a lot more okay for them to just openly espouse the most insane right wing conspiracy theories, to openly, you know, espouse their hatred for the public and things like that, and they just become extremely comfortable with it. It's not necessarily the police are any more or less violent than they used to be. It's just that like we're in a spot now where it's like oh we can go full mass off like we don't have to impress anybody right you know uh we can say what we can say what we want say what we feel right well it's a reaction yeah i mean yeah if if
0: if black lives matter is going to tear the mask off like you don't have a mask anymore so like why pretend you know like
2: yeah and i think we've entered i mean this is a you, showdown. This is We're now in, like, with
0: everything. Yeah. We're, we are in a showdown between yeah. actual, f-
2: like, out-full fascism and whatever is going to stop it. It's the socialism or barbarism conversation, right? Yeah. Where increasingly the sides are being shown for what they are, and you're going to have to make a choice. And, uh, you know, the thing is, I mean, ten years ago, when you'd have, like, gun conversations... It was always the same dumb pablum about, like, uh, oh, we just, you know, uh, we got to have, like, longer waiting periods or, you know, let's discuss the intricacies of various magazines and things like that. And now, like... It's not super unusual, never on, you know, any actual, like, uh, major n- media site, but it's not super unusual, and especially in social media, when people talk about gun control to have people just immediately going, like, yeah, disarm the cops first, right? Yeah. Fuck, in Seattle, at the city council, right, we had a serious candidate, who came close to winning, basically tell the police to their face when they tried to do the usual shit they do to everybody of, like, what are you going to do if this a mass shooting? Go, oh who's the shooter is it the cops yeah right and i mean that was something that was just completely unheard of and that's, that's 10 years ago yeah, right and i mean and that's like, something that sean talked about a lot was police
0: abolition and he he you know uh he was you know very convincing on that subject for a lot
2: of people i think actually and yeah uh Yeah, because it's it's a combination of things of, like, people are ready to hear the message, right? Because things in their lives and things they've seen have gone a certain way, and they're ready to hear the message. And we've had uh, actual convincing ambassadors to to give the message, right? Yeah. Uh, Which we have not had in the past either. And at the same time, I think the other big part of it is the dnc or the democratic party you know writ large has just been so completely delegitimized their efforts to water that shit down or sidetrack it have not been as powerful as they've been in the past right yeah and um well and people are now getting called out
0: for the crime bill for example you know i mean this was i mean you know just not that many i mean fuck they tried to run fucking Hillary Clinton for president they did yeah. run Hillary Clinton for president only 4 fucking years ago and the audacity of that of you know just shows you that how far a conversation has come in america that like still that even but that or how far it has to go i guess that that even in in 2016 you the democratic party had not gotten past mm-hmm. that part of itself then oh, yeah. it still isn't you know like it yeah. is still overrun with fucking prosecutors jesus i mean yeah uh klobuchar is, is a prosecutor uh, kamal, harris, fucking kamal right? harris was a prosecutor
2: yeah. i mean joe biden basically wrote the crime bell yeah exactly yeah, yeah.
0: he is you know um <laughs> so like but at least now but it's like just starting they're just starting to have they're finally finally being made mm-hmm. to distance themselves from that and which is just the bare minimum start that that joe biden's being called on this shit that it's being talked about as a very bad thing like an awful thing uh in the history of this country yeah mass incarceration is on the hands of uh the people who the biggest people in the democratic party you know
2: yeah and i think um you know, as this shift happens, right? You know, the police, you know, are equally—they're not even responding. I mean, it's sort of a—you know—to to use the old Marxist term, it's dialectical, right? You know, the police are—you know—they're—they're con—you know—they're consolidating on the right, just like the left is consolidating on the left. And one thing to think about that people should, on the left, actually start to think about is. Yeah, we're probably not going to have a big denazification program for police, but we better start being very serious about disarming them soon, right? Because uh, while sure, you know, pudgy Donald Trump isn't going to come beat you up or anything like that, uh, the police will kill you, yeah. right? And it's like, we have created these mass heavily armed, heavily armored insurgent armies in yeah. every American city and town and whatever, right? I mean, the size of which no country's ever seen or done before. Yeah. And it's like, and they hate all of us. Yeah. Like, if you really think the thin veneer of law and duty is going to keep these people from killing you, if they think they are personally threatened, you do not know who the police are. Right. And you also do not know how right-wing violence happens. Uh, I mean, it. this is one of those things on the left we should be definitely a lot more concerned about. And stuff like the overwhelming election of this fucking freak, you know, Mark Sullen, should be extremely concerning. The fact that, uh, you know, you got, like, you know, the you know, Sergeant's Bene- Benevolent Association uh, of New York doing these thing, you know, open things about, like, we're declaring war on the mayor of New York, who's also one of these guys that only covers for the police. Like, this stuff needs to start getting a little more concerning well, for us. These They
0: uh, are that powerful. Listen, even yeah. if you could... Here's the thing. This is why there's got to be some order of operations here that is not even clear. You know, like, even if you convinced everyone else in America who's not a cop that these people are bad, you still yeah. wouldn't be in a great position no. to control them. You would yeah. you'd still be in a bad fu- fucking situation because they're a literal, like massive army yeah. on every block of this of this country and uh what's more um i am like what does that really mean what is that what is the reality of that like you're talking like they will kill you there's a lot there's been i mean we seems like we've gotten past this at this point um because people started dropping out but you know the left is getting behind in this country is getting behind bernie sanders for president and trying to build a working class movement to get him into the white house okay and the question on a lot of you know lib and left minds at one point anyway was why this one old white guy quote unquote Mm -hmm. uh why not someone else why not a woman why not a person mm-hmm. of color why not well, well the thing is we could be running fucking fred hampton for president yeah right now but the cops fucking murdered him yeah we could have run fucking martin luther king in 88 ins- yeah. instead of jesse jackson yeah uh but the fbi murdered him yeah uh, they killed all of these people. Bernie Sanders is a bizarre historical fluke of just a fucking weird guy uh in Vermont who managed to like t- gain slowly gain political power and not be murdered and stick to his gun. So everyone they murdered enough people that everyone else shut the fuck up and went home and the left yeah. died in this country. They broke up the they beat the they beat the the left out of the unions in the 50s yeah then they shut down the unions in the 80s like
2: yeah i mean uh people there's no one fucking left yeah they pe- killed them all yeah people don't appreciate the political violence of the 60s and 70s and that you know i mean we have plenty of people who are still in prison right now on you know at this point on charges that nobody fucking believes and you know this got but have been in jail since you know 1970 uh, you know, who are again people who could have been political leaders, right? But they've been rotting in prison, you know. Uh we have, you know, uh Black Panther party members in prison currently in Louisiana who've been in solitary confinement since the late sixties. Yeah. Right? I mean That the, is that was a the political violence is astonishing. That and you know, flooding those neighbors with drugs, all that kind of stuff, but like the violence has been astonishing. And yeah, where are where are all the leaders then? So, I'd that's love to be
0: i'd love to be getting behind i'd love to have been in iowa for a a black panther party early leader like finally like with them having seats in fucking congress running for fucking president like a black panther senator running for fucking president that would be a much better version of america okay but that's not what we have all right those people are all fucking dead and fucking boxed like that that is the reality of our history um we have this one fucking
2: credible voice that is left from that generation that's it yeah and you know uh basically the further bernie gets the more capital feels threatened and stuff i mean if you think that the right has been somehow (laughs) civilized in the last 40 years. Which is
0: a thing just people think about the world generally. Yeah,
2: yeah, you're out of your mind. Like, you know, if they feel their back is against the wall, you'll know what they'll do. I mean, uh, the United States has always had a historically violent capitalist class, right? And, you know. And it's uh, a very
0: powerful capitalist class in this moment. In 1970, the sort of you know focus of all this violence against the left that we're talking about in the 60s and 70s yeah. 1970 is is like a low point of power of the capitalist class in this society okay yeah. it's the absolute fucking nadir ever in the history of yeah. uh america because like they their wealth had been fucking capped their fucking tax rate had been high there had been a powerful labor movement that had um, yeah. grown like had gotten power for working class you know not any kind of fucking socialist revolution but they were a less powerful force than now well ever since that time their power has yeah. grown to where now they are in complete control of every fucking facet of society and yeah. every part of our our well, as society they, is
2: bent to their fucking prerogatives. Well as they dominated every lever of power too, right? They built up everything they built up the police, they built up the prison infrastructure, and they systematically destroyed all the like infrastructure that actually like you know, provides things like healthcare, food, etc, right? And that gives you an idea of their priorities, right? And to think that they built that up to not use a, is probably a mistake. Um but yeah, I mean it's just again this election of this guy is not a good sign of things to come. And it means that in Seattle, just like everywhere else in this country, you know, I think the left has got to have some, you know, serious looking in the mirror moments about what we're going to do about these people. And I, you know, I don't know. I The only thing I think is like, we just have to push for disarmament. You know, we well, like got to start talking defunding about defunding them immediately and talking like defunding them as much as humanly possible and disarming them as quick as possible. Yeah,
0: I think we need to p- politically be talking about abolition yeah. and disarmament at every turn, making that a the fu- a fucking yeah. slowly making that a litmus test. You know, that's going to take a while, but but it pra- practically, I, I, I suspect at best case it would. Best case, it's going to be a slow, a slow oh yeah, yeah. drawdown of their power. I think you begin just it drawing by down. stopping. Uh, you could uh, uh, a Sanders presidency <laughs> uh. could do a bit by just fucking stopping the flow of military hard surplus military hardware yeah. to cops not necessary slow down some of their funding you know like yeah well, that's what I it. Mean that could like, be a nice little start you know yeah i
2: think you have to begin by basically cutting their funding right so there, there needs to be the first thing we need to have is for elected officials to agree not to raise their funding which is what they do every fucking year yeah and then it once they freeze it, that it needs to be like, okay, we need to start chipping away at this and chipping away and at this. Here's the thing. This sounds like,
0: in our political calculus, this sounds like political suicide. It sounds so easy to get demagogued on this from the right, to be Willie Horton sure. on this, to be whatever. And the thing is, like that is Democrat, Democrat brain, okay? Yeah. Being scared of the fucking right wing coming after you for just doing yeah. something good. And what we are seeing growing in this country with bernie sanders and fucking aoc and rashida Tlaib and like people who you know actual leftists in power who are not scared of that shit because they know yeah. there is another way and that is to just speak plainly to working people because if you go into a neighborhood of working people and say we are going to take power away from these cops we're going to stop giving them these things you're going to get a fucking stadium football Full of people cheering. You just have to not fucking listen to the fucking right wing media shoving this shit down your throat and scaring you like Democrats have done for a generation until they just turn themselves into a right wing party that believes this shit. So, but that is how you do it. You have to, but it's about building a working class movement to back you up when you say, "No, we're not actually going
2: to give them any fucking more money. Fuck off." No. Well, and the Democrats too. Their big thing forever was like, "Uh, you, you know." Uh, the Republicans will kill us if we, you know, say we're going to take money from the military, but we also can't offer anything to anybody else in exchange, right? Yeah. And the big thing is, like, in city politics, it's like, you need to go up to people and be like, hey, what would you rather have? Uh, would you rather the police have a Black Hawk helicopter or we dump more money into your school, right? Yeah. And you just start saying, like, look, this is why all the services here are defunded. This is why all the roads look like shit, this is why, you know, our public transit sucks. Like, you need to actually have these conversations about, like, this is why all the things that affect you in your everyday life suck. Yeah. Is because the police eat all that fucking money. Yeah. And at some point, you have to decide whether you think that it's more important that they have a tank or that you do this. Right. And, right. and I think most normal people are going to, you know, take the services it, over it, the tank it is a but.
0: it is a line you can run on and it is a movement you can build and yeah. instead of so we need yeah we need a movement and we need uh if we're gonna elect people into office we need them not to be afraid of the right-wing media mm. willie hortening them on law and order we need them to maybe just be afraid of being assassinated by the police yeah but being willing to have the courage to like say this shit anyway yeah you know? yeah
1: Everyone's looking at me now for some reason. I don't know. I guess I should wake up. (laughs) Um, That concludes this episode (laughs) of Seattle (laughs) Sucks. (laughs) Thank you, Ryan, new patron. We appreciate you. Thank you. Um, If you are not a patron, go back into our back catalogs and check it out. Yeah. There's There's a ton of stuff there.
0: More like this. Full episodes. Yes. There are now, yes. like, what, 40-some full episodes? Yeah, I think so. Um, I lots think so. more funny sketches and yeah. um, uh,
2: yeah. f- uh, lots of... Other stuff. Uh, Right, we probably, Celebrity
0: guests, musical interludes. Yeah, we talk um, a lot more about shit
2: in the Patreon than we do. <laughs> yeah, we often film. we do save
0: the shit short. Uh-huh. If you were already thinking, boy, human shit comes up a lot on Seattle Sucks. You have We no actually idea. usually punt the shit stories to the Patreon. Ugh. so if that's we just what's so many of them. <laughs> I mean, this town, it's obsessed. It's uh, obsessed. Uh, so check out the Patreon serious for Lee, for fuck's sake. Um, thank you again to everyone who contributed to the go fund me um to send me to iowa uh that pretty much covered our my expenses there pretty much exactly we um took three hundred dollars of our uh patreon money that we mm-hmm. didn't use for me in iowa and pushed it on to um uh carolyn brothers uh fundraiser to send people to other states to continue doing that, uh, that, uh, GoFundMe has already sent people to, uh, Iowa and, uh, for all I know, New Hampshire as well. Um, also, oh, uh, and, you know, someone I didn't, forgot to, uh, read the name of, uh, because I just was going off the GoFundMe, but, um, uh, thank you, uh, also, Cassidy for the hundred dollar uh Casey's gift card that also funded the Iowa trip. Um <laughs> spent the last dollar of that uh, at the uh
2: Casey's by the Omaha airport uh on fuel. So sweet. Yeah, so we, we gave 300 for sending people to New Hampshire, so our Patreon now only has $1,999,700 <laughs> uh, in it. Yeah. Hey, listen, we've, we've... We're no longer multimillionaires. We've
0: paid off our expenses at this point, and we are down to, like, you know... Only like fifty bucks in snacks and food per episode, so like it's all gravy from here, guys. It's all profit, baby. <laughs> all here profit. on out, it's gonna start accumulating. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Until next month when we have to renew our domain. But anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening. We will catch you next week.
0: Bye. <laughs>